0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes, and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
1: Welcome back to the LA Startup Spotlight on the We Are LA Tech podcast. This is Z Holly, guest hosting for Esfri Devora, and I'm always excited to connect with the community and discover new people and new ideas. And today, I'm really excited to have Rachel King here uh, to talk about s- something that's actually really near and dear to my heart: storytelling.
2: Storytelling. Hello, yeah. everyone.
1: Hey, great to be here.
2: So, introduce yourself and your company. Sure. My name is Rachel King, and I have founded a PR firm, boutique PR firm, uh, with a partner, and we're called Elephant Partners. Partners because we're partners to each other, also to our clients, and especially to reporters as well. It's really important to us that, (laughs) as a PR firm, we um, make sure we're helping to bring a good name to press folks. Uh, I know reporters get a lot of bad pitches and stuff like that, so we really are focus on being a partner to all three people, making sure that um we're, you know, supporting all branches of the people that we work with.
1: Yeah, and it's elephant, not elephant. It has two L's, yeah. E L L E. Very mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. <laughs> so and you also host a podcast too.
2: I do, I do. It's called The She Pod. Has nothing to do with work. It's just feministy brunch a uh, girl talk over brunch.
1: Awesome. Always like to promote good yes. podcasts. To those of you out there that like to local listen to podcasts, LA yeah, podcasts yeah, exactly. too. So um, so what do you do within your company? You're one of the partners, right? Yes. Founders?
2: Yeah. So there's two of us. And I was the head of communications at a startup here called Dog Vacay previously. And my partner, Ashwarya Iyer, was the head of communications at a startup called Whisper in Venice. Um, both pretty well-known, bigger startups here in Los Angeles. And we you know, learned so much and really enjoyed our time there. But we really love earlier stage companies. And both of them had gotten pretty big. And so we decided to go out on our own and that way we can work with as many early stage companies as we want, helping them to launch, especially right now when LA tech is booming and there's so much work to be had.
1: Yeah. And the, and not definitely knowing how to pitch your startup is really hard. A lot of people yes. don't know how to do it. So that's yeah. a really important.
2: And we love um, one of our missions is to work with as many underrepresented founders as possible, which in LA is pretty easy to do. It's a really diverse uh, group here, I think. So um, women and people of color and LA. LGBTQ, you know, we love companies that have at least one underrepresented founder. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that's important to us too. And telling their stories and helping, you know, change the ratio by amplifying and putting those people in the spotlight.
1: That's so true. I think a lot of times it's not a matter of there not being people underrepresented, underrepresented minorities and women out there, but they just don't end up always getting the spotlight. I
2: agree. And so that's you know sort of how we feel like we can help to uh, Mm -hmm. change that perception a little bit
1: inspires more people to start companies I hope so yeah definitely yeah important so where in LA are you based right now
2: I'm in Miracle Mile we work out of Soho House in West Hollywood
1: oh nice and are
2: you from LA I am not. I'm an East Coaster. Grew up in Massachusetts. Went to school Go in Chapel Hill, okay. and I was in D.C. for a few years. Moved to San Francisco when I got into tech, and after a few years there, I moved down here to take the job at Dog Vacay. Fell in love with Los Angeles immediately, and I can't imagine leaving. <laughs> I think this will be my home base for a long time.
1: Yeah. So what? What do you think? What does L.A. sort of bring to you? And yeah. What are you
2: trying to do? I. Love how div- I mean, we've already talked about this, but how diverse it is here and not just, you know, in terms of color, but like socioeconomic and geographical. You could spend like a night on the west side is going to be completely different from central LA, from east side LA, from downtown. I love... How you can? It feels like a bunch of different cities all mashed up together, and you can have a completely different experience. And I love that tech is not; it's only one of the predominant industries here. It's not the main yeah. thing in San Francisco. You kind of feel like you're in an yeah. echo chamber, and everyone is talking about tech <laughs> all of the time.
1: I mean, you might love tech, but I, and a I certain do, point I do. You but know? it's also my day
2: job. When you clock out, you kind of want to talk about <laughs> different things. Um, so I love here. Like I'll be at a bar, and someone will, you know, be a that's struggling actor or musician. I'm like, tell me about your screenplay. That's so interesting. And they're like, really? Because no one ever wants to hear about their screenplay, but I do. And they're like, what's a startup? I'm like, let me tell you about it. So yeah, I just, I love having different kinds of conversations that when you meet someone, you never know what they're going to say or do. Also, LA is such a city of hustlers. Everybody here (laughs) is kind of like their own startup, even if they are, you know, a struggling actor, like they are their own little business. Um, So everyone sort of got that hustle.
1: Well, speaking of that, and for everyone Runs their own business. I definitely see that a lot in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm wondering, how many people do you have on your team? And then mm-hmm. are you looking to scale? How do you scale your impact? Yeah, so we launched officially
2: uh, in June.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's been pretty new. I went out on my own last November and spent six months struggling on my own because I had so much business and I didn't know what to do. So I began recruiting Ashwarya <laughs> very <laughs> soon after. And a few months later, she was ready to make the jump and joined me. Thank goodness. I have to say, it is a whole new world having a partner to lean on and uh, you know, divide and conquer and share in the wins and the losses together. Um, so that has been wonderful. But yeah, now that it's been about six months and we're finding our feet and learning how to run a business and formed an LLC and learning expenses and all that crazy stuff, we're that's starting to, you know, think about the how we want to scale. We know we want to stay boutique. It's really important to us that we're you know, when we go to a client and tell them that we're going to work with them, they're early stage. So we're not then turning around and passing the work off to someone fresh out of school. Um, it's always us who is pitching the journalist or ha- talking to the client directly. We have a couple of researchers who help us behind the scenes with like media list building, competitive analysis and research stuff. But in general, Ashwari and I are handling everything together. Um, so that's a question. That we do struggle with. It's really hard to scale a services business unless you do start outsourcing, and that's it's like something you want
1: to double your right work and your impact, you right? Double your. Work. So I think that the only really good way
2: to do that is to bring people on who are maybe a little bit junior, but they spend a year working with you, shadowing you, becoming, you know, someone who thinks the same way that you do and you get to teach them everything you know. And then you sort of do have a mini me that you can then feel comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. if I put this person in a room alone, they're going to make the same decisions that I am. So you kind of have kind of like cloning yourself. Um, So that's something that we're looking at in 2017.
1: Was it hard to kind of uh, share the the goods with another partner? I know you needed yeah, it, but how well?
2: not at all. No. She actually was the one who was like, It shouldn't be 50 50. You've spent six months building this already. Like you're already, you know, making enough for both of us to live on. And I don't think it should be equal. And I said, If we're going to do this, we have to be 100, well, not 100, 50 right. completely equal. I want a partner who's all in. I don't want any nitty gritty or anything like that. Like, I just want someone who's completely committed. I have no problem that, you know, I made the leap first and sort of proved that we could do this. If that's what it took to get you on board, then that was just my cost of acquisition. Right. It's <laughs> right. fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're 100 percent 50 50 or completely. That's <laughs> confusing. Completely 50 50. But I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: What inspired you to start the company? Um, so
2: I, as I mentioned, I was the head of comms at Dog Vacay, which is a marketplace for finding a pet sitter near you. I am a crazy animal person, so it was a total dream job, and we had the best marketing team ever. <laughs> oh my god! I know it was. We used so many puns mm. there. Um, only internal well we use a couple on social and stuff but we did try and keep it mostly internal our corny pun jokes Um, but it was really really fun and the couple years I spent there were incredible Uh, I learned so much wouldn't trade them for anything but they got really big which is great right you want to grow and once they hit a hundred people I'm really someone who loves the scrappy messy early stage when there's no rules and there's no like you're just you have an idea that morning you put it into action that night and the next day you sort of test it see how went and do it all over again. Uh, So I love working with, you know, Seed, Series A, super early stage companies whose stories haven't been told. They haven't been, especially they haven't been told wrong yet. Mm So you sort of get a fresh slate and you get to introduce them to the world and help guide them with that storytelling and branding and all of those things. Um, I really love that.
1: And how do they afford you if they're so early stage?
2: Well, so yeah, there is a happy medium where they have raised a little bit of money. Ideally, like half a million to a million would be the minimum. Uh, and so they do need generally need to be venture backed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a couple of different ways we can work with them too. We can do a full blown monthly retainer where we're working with the month month and constantly, you know, pitching and churning and stories out. Or they can bring us on just when they have an announcement for a couple months and we'll help them with their fundraising announcement or mm-hmm. a new launch, something like that. And then finally, we have have the like teach them how to fish in the very very beginning maybe they haven't even raised their seed funding yet and they can't afford to bring us on but what we can do is spend a month with them building out their materials helping with their messaging helping with their press kit and building out a media list like here's your you know 30 to 50 media friendlies who will be most interested in this here's how you should pitch them and let them do it themselves while they have more time than money and then in the future when they have more money than time then they can bring us on
1: yeah no that's great to develop that relationship early time absolutely early, early on. Yeah. Um, And I'm wondering, I I really want to hear your tips. If you can boil down to three tips for the starting uh, out entrepreneur, how can you make How can you be successful in PR? Sure. Um, So the first thing to know is that journalists really love hearing from
2: founders. A lot of founders are scared to pitch. And I understand because if you pitch wrong, it can go really poorly. But journalists love hearing directly from founders. Um, There's even been instances where, you know, we're working on a project and I'm like, for this journalist to the CEO, like, I'll draft the email. You make it your own. but It should come directly from you because they really prefer to hear from you. And especially for events, um, an invitation means a lot more from the founder themselves than from a PR person. Well, and
1: I love the fact that you do that because oh, I've I worked with PR folks that for some reason they want to control that relationship yeah. and it's... Um It's tiring. I don't think it's good for them either.
2: Yeah, and frankly, it creates more work. It's less efficient. (laughs) Um, So that's something. That's number one. Yeah, number one. And like I said, we're trying to be a partner to these clients. So if it makes more sense for them, like we want them to be developing a relationship with the journalists as well. That's our job. And that's what the journalists want. Um, So there's no reason we can't all have a relationship. You know what Mm I mean? Um, So that's uh, something that's really helpful, I think, to know. And brevity. Brevity is the most important thing you can do Mm -hmm. as a founder like boil it down to three bullet points it's your pitch your opening line should be two sentences here's who i am here's the company and then here's the announcement one two three and maybe a couple bullet points about data or fund or who your investors are something to you know social proof of why the company credibility stuff you've done in the past and then your ask and your ask should be like keep this whole thing should be you know, one paragraph and bullets are your friends. Paragraphs are bad. No <laughs> paragraph should be more than two sentences. Make it really easy for them to read because they're getting upwards of hundreds and thousands of emails a day. Yeah, yeah. So anything you can do to make it um, brief and legible. And also you want it to pass the smell test in terms of what's actually important and pressworthy. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly fine t- to just ask for a coffee. But if you just want to meet and greet and get to know a reporter who you think could be interested in your company down the line, but make sure that you're offering them something of value, yeah. you know, something, some reason, because their time is so precious. Um, so I think that's really important too. So it, I would show it to a couple people, either another CEO who is a friend of yours and has been doing PR for a while and they'll, they'll know what's pressworthy. Or if you have someone who, who you can ask who does PR or even a journalist if you're friendly with one journalist, you know shoot your pitch to them They'll be happy to most most that I know would be happy to read it through and be like this scratch this out don't need this take these two sentences and send it around to these cool. five people.
1: So number one, don't be afraid to pitch. Yeah. Number two, brevity. And number three is uh, basically make it newsworthy. Make Pictures. it newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And
2: you should you probably need some help with that if you've never yeah. done it before. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I talk to a lot of CEOs who are like, we sneezed yesterday. <laughs> you know, I know. Let's get the New York Times. It does not work that way, <laughs> especially right now. It's no. It's been such a crazy year with yeah. all of the election coverage. It's hard to break through right well, now. Well,
1: and sometimes it's good to be actually more of like a thought leader or an expert. Absolutely. So if you have out of a st- security company, you're pitching yourself as a source on yes. the topic. Yeah, cybersecurity is big. So that's something like that. Huge. So,
2: exactly. Yeah. If you can find a way to make it relevant to things that are happening nowadays, okay. um, like we have a healthcare company called Remedy up in San Francisco, and you know, will he or won't he? Trump overturn Obamacare or reduce it or what. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our Victor, the CEO has a lot of thoughts on that. And so that's something that we're, you know, talking to journalists about. Mm-hmm. So if you even though the the company itself um isn't well, they do. So I'll just give you the one sentence so of what they do. It's really cool. You give them your health insurance login, and then they audit all of your bills going back a year and forward automatically. Make sure that they're right. Spoiler alert, they're usually not. There's <laughs> lots of mistakes. They'll work with your medical providers to correct the bill and then work with your insurance to get it paid out correctly. And they just take a cut of whatever they save you. Oh my God, I need that. Yeah. So you can see how that's like, it's not necessarily Obamacare, although someone who's using Obamacare. Uh, the more complicated your health insurance is, the more valuable the it's service totally is. It's totally relevant, though, yes. to today. It's right? certainly so relevant. News. So yeah, you can see yeah. how we're sort of not newsjacking, but that's something that, <laughs> yeah, which, you know, buzzword. But um, with the inauguration coming up, that makes yeah. a lot of sense for
1: us. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So back to L.A. I mean, how, how, is L, how has L.A. helped accelerate your growth?
2: Uh, I mean, it's just exploding right now. We're seeing a lot of um, exciting acquisitions who I think are going to, you know, flood uh, money and new entrepreneurs back into the market i think having you know that's what's so
1: exciting to me right now it's not just that there's a lot of startups but the fact that you get the success stories where the the founders are going back and starting companies exactly because a long time we've had a lot of successes in la yeah going back decades yeah but a lot of those folks they move away they they retire right. you know yep so that's really. and exciting.
2: i i think that's something that's really like i can't wait to see what all the dollar shave club people do yeah. and fingers crossed what all the honest people do yeah. you know hoping that <laughs> comes through at some point too um because that will be so great for us and i'd love to see some like all the vr that's popping up here is going to be so exciting uh i think we're I was just in New York and I was talking to someone who's lived in both. And she said, I think L.A. tech is where New York was just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And in a few years, it's going to look like New York. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge.
1: I would say it's going to look different. It is going to
2: look very different. <laughs> I think just in terms of like volumes and money yeah. coming in and deals being done. Um, you know, right now, I think we're like very much a thir- the third mm-hmm. largest in the U.S. Um, but I think that'll change really quickly or mm-hmm. that we'll catch up.
1: What resources in L.A. do you recommend? Resources? Oh, just events, uh, groups. Sure. Um, Besides, we are LA Tech, of course. Of course.
2: <laughs> um, let's see. I actually really love the smaller events. Um, the big ones. I mean, they're fun. To, they're fun to go to. Uh, but you just, it's harder to to know who you're going to end up speaking with and making sure that it's um, someone who's, and I guess it also depends on what you're looking to do, but I'm a big fan of when people are organizing smaller dinners or a lot of the, you know, we have some great VC firms here um, who are doing really cool things and they throw wonderful events where they're really curating who's there to make sure that they're making appropriate matches Um, or part of the expert network for crosscut ventures, for Mm -hmm. example. So every time we go to one of their, you know, mixers, it's, with companies who need help with PR, even mm-hmm. and we're just there, we're just giving them tips and tricks. But if they need a longer relationship, then that also works out really well for us. So uh, befriending the awesome VCs that we have here and their platform folks in particular, their communications or marketing people, has been by far the most valuable for us, um, and they're really fun too. <laughs> but they, it's their job to connect startups with resources. So I think that's definitely been the most valuable for us.
1: So speaking of those kinds of. Uh... Events where they bring together the CEOs, et cetera. Like mm-hmm. what, what LA tech companies or talent have you cross, come across lately that has really impressed you? Um, well, I. I'll try not to plug all clients.
2: But, <laughs> That's um, fine. We recently,
1: I, know we I rec- mean, of course you're going to work with them if you're I know, <laughs> I know. So
2: this is actually particularly interesting because, so Joe Fernandez was the founder of Clout mm-hmm. up in San Francisco, sold it to Lithium, and then he moved down to LA specifically to start his new company, Joy Mode. Mm-hmm. It's like a Netflix for stuff that you would use only a couple times a year and you don't want to buy your own because it's bulky or expensive, like really nice camping gear or movie projector for a backyard movie night, stuff like that. And he moved here specifically to start it because LA is so diverse economically, socially, geographically. If he made it, you know, the way he says is, if I made it work in San Francisco or in New York, I wouldn't necessarily know that it would work in other cities as well, because they're kind of a bubble, especially when it comes to tech. Mm-hmm. Everyone's an early adopter. If it works here in Los Angeles, and it is working, mm-hmm. then that means they can take it to Dallas, they can take it to Chicago, they can take it to Denver, and it mm-hmm. will work there as well. Awesome. Um, so and I just love what they're doing, because I'm, you know, I've been in on demand and market places for a long time and it's all really fun stuff they have like giant games with giant jenga and connect four mm-hmm. so that's a super fun one um the guys at fabfit fun are also blowing it out of the water i just met with uh one of the founders michael brukim last yesterday just a catch up and their 2016 has been insane. I think they're going to be one of LA's really, really big success stories in 2017, 2018. They're That's not a bit more about the company. Oh, okay. So yeah, of course it's a subscription box. Um, and it's, you know, I think you pay $200 or something for the year. And then each box that you get quarterly is, uh, like worth 250 to $300 and it's fun, lifestyle, fitness, beauty products, things like that. Um, and they have the most, engaged they have built this whole back-end community platform for the members and he was showing it to me yesterday and these people there's like 300 comments on every thread mm-hmm. they're just they've built this absolutely you know rabid vivacious community they're selling mm-hmm. the boxes on ebay and they've got all these swaps going on um and their numbers are insane. And, and of course, I
1: love companies that are actually uh, enabling the creation of more manufactured yeah. products myself. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Well,
2: the, and that's what they did in 2016 is they started their own beauty line as well mm-hmm. called Ish. Ish. I'm smoking hot is what it stands for, <laughs> which is so funny. They know their demographic really well. And mm-hmm. um, they're just their uh, numbers have been phenomenal. So I'm looking forward awesome. to what they bring into the LA ecosystem.
1: So we have thousands of listeners here listening. Yeah. Uh, if you had one ask of the community, what would it be? I just I think
2: like especially what we are LA Tech is doing like more content marketing helps to raise the profile of Los Angeles and that really benefits all of us. It also helps the community stay really small and closely knit, not small but tightly knit, which is something that I missed in San Francisco uh, because it's so big there and you know. Competitive might be the wrong word, but there is more competition there. There's, you know, there's a thousand of anything. Here in Los Angeles, one of my favorite things about the tech community is that it seems really collaborative. People are excited to help each other out. Even direct competitors know each other, talk to each other, um, share, sometimes share tips, you know, are friendly. And because if, if one company, like we all win when LA's tech companies win. So that's something that I love about the community here. And I hope that it really stays that way, even as we do grow larger and larger. So how can people connect with you? They can find me at Rachel G. King on basically everything. Spell that. Yeah, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-G-K-I-N-G. And then we're Elephant Partners with two L's is our website and at Elephant PR on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, that's the best way to connect with us.
1: Awesome. I really love what you're doing. I think storytelling is really the backbone of connecting community and to get yeah. people uh, excited about what's going on and, and raising awareness of everything. So, Definitely. It's really, really great to have you on. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, we can encourage the rest of the, the community to just connect with you and, and keep telling that story of Los Angeles. I'd love that. Absolutely. Great. So, to connect deeper into the LA Tech community, go to slash VIP. Also, if you love hearing from inspiring entrepreneurs and are intrigued by the world of making and manufacturing, like hardware, consumer products, food, fashion, check out my podcast, The Art of Manufacturing. It's a behind-the-scenes look at how entrepreneurs who make stuff are trying to make it in their industries. Search for The Art of Manufacturing on your favorite podcast player or go to makeitinla.org slash listen. This is Z Holly in for Esprit de Vara. Thanks for listening to We Are LA Tech.